Good evening and welcome to the first playoff edition this year of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hello, Dukes fans. How's everybody doing? Hopefully everyone is calming down, getting ready to root this weekend. Um, I, yeah, I just yeah. had a cup of tea. I'm nice and calm. <laughs> I, all all I better now. Yeah, it, 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 I'm sure it had scotch in it, but yeah. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be after the show. Right, right. So, um, yeah, look, Dukes fans, we're going to get to it. Um, we know there's a lot of people still fired up about the selection show, uh, but we want we got a lot to cover tonight, and, and we don't want to overlook anything good tonight. We want to have fun talking about the Dukes. We get an opportunity to re- in the playoffs. We get an opportunity to host a home game. That game is against one of the Dukes' traditional, most historic rivals. Um, there's a whole lot of history out in front of us in the next couple – two, three weeks. We'll see what happens. Um, but we are really excited tonight. We're going to bring you an interview we just recorded with Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports, who is pretty much the best FCS writer in the country. Uh, nobody knows more about the FCS. Uh, we've had Brian on the show before. He's a lot of fun to talk to. We're really excited to bring that to you all tonight. I think it's a good look around the bracket. I think he shared he at least understood Duke's fans' frustration with the selection show, which is good. Um, but we'll have Brian in a second. As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I'm sure they are very excited for lots of playoff coverage as we are. Um, get into the tap room in Harrisonburg this weekend. When you're down there rooting on the Dukes, you can pick up all kinds of either early Christmas presents at Pale Fire, all kinds of merch. You can pick up growlers. You can pick up whatever you need for your tailgate. Uh, it's a good weekend to go by Pale Fire. If you mention the podcast, the Jamie Sports Blog, you get a free pint glass. So I will be taking advantage of my pint glass this evening as we record this. So as always, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Five points, five stars for JMUSB. A uh, couple with four things to go around the horn here. Um, first, men's soccer, Rob. Just put that was a, exciting that last was night. Really exciting. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching that. I watched that with with the boys, um, or at least second half. Yeah, I didn't realize on that was that was well played. I mean, kind of a counterattack. Um, to go, but I don't think North Carolina had given up more than a goal all in season, a single game all year. Nope. Yeah, had had. I mean, it was that was a really impressive performance, and uh, I've watched a couple games in the last few weeks. JMU's really good. They have attacking talent on this team. Ward Baptiste. Yeah, Ward Baptiste. It's a tremendous kind of holding or, or target. Forward. Yeah, it's, it, it looks a lot. It's very CJ Sapong esque in that way. Yeah. And, and Ferial, you know, who scored the other goal, is a really good player. Unfortunately, I, I don't know how, this, how the red card rule works. He also got a red card last night um, later in the game. So he, I, I don't know if he'll be joining the Dukes for their next game. Um, but the Dukes upset the fifth ranked or fifth seeded North Carolina Tar Heels last night down here in Cary and on what appeared to be a rec league field. <laughs> yeah. Def- it, I, <laughs> I thought I was watching a veterans day tournament. Yeah. I said, so that's actually game. the, it's at wake med soccer park in Cary, which is where the North Carolina courage, which is the women's NWSL champs and the men's like USL team play. And they definitely have a bigger stadium. So that must've been like a, auxiliary field of some kind i think they played the NCAA championships there in the past yeah it's a really nice yeah, place like and, and certainly you could tell the pitch was really good last night but um but that's a huge win the dukes are in the what the 
what are they? In? Sweet 16. Sweet 16. And they're, yeah. you know, so they beat the fifth seed and now they are going to the 12th seed at Virginia Tech Pokies on Sunday at 4 p.m. Um, at Virginia Tech. So for all the, you know, if you want to make a weekend out of it or you're Southwest Virginia Duke, this is a great chance to go see the Dukes in a big, big game. Um, not to say that Virginia Tech is not good, but I, I certainly think we all hear, you know, UNC soccer and you, you got to think the Dukes are riding high right now. So th- this is really, really good stuff from JMU men's soccer. Um, exciting for them. Um, unfortunately, the volleyball team did lose the CAA championship over the weekend, but heck of a season for them. Uh, you know, big congrats on making the CAA final. Don't know. I, d- I don't expect CAA to have a at-large bid to the volleyball tournament, but really good season from the volleyball team as always. And third, JMU's former coach, Coach Withers, will not be coaching Texas State's last game. So there's another opening that we imagine of all the openings that might tempt Mike Houston. I have a feeling Texas State is not one of them. <laughs> so, no. yeah. And then lastly, and, and for our actual JMU sports blog people, for all of our wonderful community and all the people we've become friends with over the years, we are re-releasing uh, the JMU SB signature shirt starting tonight. Uh, it will be out for the next two weeks um, until ha- hopefully JMU the week, you know, we'll, we'll have two more pods talking about this, but Rob, we, I thought it was great. A bunch of people wrote us this week and they said they'd started wearing their JMU shirts the last couple of weeks at JMU SB shirts and the Dukes really turned it on. Right. Played yeah, their so two best games. The, the, the lucky charm. The lucky charm. So if, if you're a little bit stitious, um, <laughs> this is the time to order your JMUSB shirt. We will be sending a link. We already put it up on Twitter, but we'll have it out on Facebook and the blog tomorrow. It's Again, it's through our friends at bonfire.com, a great company out of Richmond, makes the shirts locally. That it, It's a campaign, so the shirts will be available. You can order them for two weeks. They will be there. They will be delivered in time for Christmas, uh, which is great. So if you've got any friends or family that might want one of these, they're really cool. Um, all the options are available. Obviously, the purple short sleeve is the one that we've seen the most. But if I don't know that anybody ordered the baseball one last time. But it's a cool shirt. I think we've both enjoyed the heck out of wearing it the last couple of years. I, I don't even have one. <laughs> Rob, okay, I think it's time. <laughs> I, yeah, I got to get on yeah. it. I've been too last So you'll be time. at least our one sale, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be one. That'll be my, mm-hmm. my Christmas present to myself. But as you shop for Christmas, those will be available. As you get ready for Frisco, those will be available. We're just going to go ahead and get out there in front of this, right? Yeah. So that's um, really good stuff. Welcome, everybody. Uh, and with that, I think we're going to bring on Brian. So, Rob, I will talk to you again after we talk to Brian. All right. Thanks. Hey guys. Hey, how you doing, Brian? I'm doing. You good? Yeah. Well, we'd like to welcome back to the podcast. I think this is our what Rob third or fourth uh, multiple I time think so. guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. third or fourth time I, I with Brian. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of our no, all time all time favorite guests on the JMU <laughs> Sports Blog podcast. Um, certainly the most knowledgeable person we know about all things FCS football. Uh, Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports. So welcome, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, you guys, uh, you guys really own this with the fan, uh, you know, from the fan standpoint. I mean, it's really, really well put together, and 
I mean, <laughs> downright professional sounding. You know, well, well, well done, you know, well done on your your part, basically. Oh, well, well thank you. We've certainly, yeah, we, we yeah, try, and we we've try. certainly enjoyed. Um, I think a lot of our fans are probably listening. Uh, you know, supplementing their JMU Sports Blog podcast with the FCS podcast from Brian and Sam Herter, who's kind of Fargo based, and Chase Kitty, who's a right. J- JMU guy, and uh, Brian. It's been it's been a real treat for us this season, and uh, you guys are doing a great job. So yeah. thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. And uh, you guys really are professionals. So <laughs> not really. Not really. That's not what my, my wife d- disagrees, man. She <laughs> thinks I'm just full of it, which is actually true. <laughs> it, well, it's true for all of us. The, yeah. the, the decision to bring Chase on board calls it into question. <laughs> uh, no, but we wanted to have Brian on. We talked, we asked him a couple weeks ago, you know, assuming JMU made the playoffs, we really wanted to talk all things playoffs with Brian tonight. Uh, we, we thought that this might be a bi-week podcast, but it is not. Yeah, and, can you believe you know, that? Yeah, we, well, yeah, we're going to try to uh, avoid the most outrageous part of the JMU fan base tonight <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, stick to the good stuff. Um, yeah. and, and we'll come back to JMU in a second, I'm sure. But putting the Dukes aside for a second, Brian, um, I noticed you this week thought you had some thoughts about the overall bracket and, and how the committee did overall. Yeah. So putting aside some of the seating and the matchup complaints, um, how did you feel overall about this year's bracket? Uh, well, I mean, you know, putting all cliches aside or whatever, I, I you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was better than I think a lot of people thought. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason, and, and I've, I've said this a couple times, and we've typed this up and we've written this, but uh, I really feel like. That, that the committee finally had the guts to not be political. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Sam is in complete opposite. I, mean, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I, like, I look at it and I'm like, okay, we've been talking for weeks about whether six CAA teams should be in. And, and if you're doing the right thing, six CAA teams should be in. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they, yeah. they nailed that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, was, I was impressed with that. Um, you know, I thought three big sky teams is seeds was probably legit, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I just didn't think they would do it. So like when I, I know when I was projecting it, I left UC Davis out and coach Hawkins guys, you should see what coach Hawkins private messages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's a, he's a trip by the way. Um, this is so, the same. This is the Dan Hawkins. We all know, right? That is Dan this Hawkins is, from Boise, State, Boise, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, a, and he's now the UC Davis coach, right? He is. He, he's a UC Davis alum and, oh, and wow. his team is very good. And, uh, you know, he's proud of what's going on there. Um, he's also probably the most eccentric coach in the FCS. He's just, he's a trip. So, um, so anyways, yeah, he, he he noted that I didn't have UC Davis as a seed, and and I said, Coach, it's not because I don't think you're any good. It's, you know, obviously I think you're good. I had you at a, as a high seed till that Eastern Washington game, but I I thought the committee wouldn't have the guts to put three Big Sky teams in the seeding, and they did. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they wouldn't have the guts to put multiple six win teams in, it, it, even though like Northern Iowa needs to be in this bracket, and they did it. So, mm-hmm. you know. In, in years past, they've made some glaring screw-ups. Mm-hmm. And, and this time, I felt like – and this time I felt like 
the things that they didn't do were just less jarring than previous years. And they, they didn't have a problem setting a precedent with six teams out of one conference that had never been done before. And five is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year with the way the CAA is, CAA was clearly the best league in the country um, after years of the Valley saying that and six teams, man, they cut each other up. Like was said now, you know, quibbles, maybe another CAA team in the seating. Um, you know, the way they kind of loaded one half of the bracket versus the other, but overall, I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, captain positive here, but I thought the, the politics didn't play in. I felt like they did the right thing when it came to the teams that they, they made part of the 24. So uh, that was my initial take, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I, I think Sam had a good, good post today talking about like, don't be mad at the committee kind of be upset about the selection criteria. They, yeah. They didn't do anything that, egregious i don't think they pulled any fast ones and, and as much as we like to joke about that year that richmond was eight and three and didn't make it um that was unjust then there wasn't anything that egregious right this year. no there, there are a couple of things so you can quibble with seeds and i think the big sky and caa comparison is kind of interesting because the big sky with the three seeds it's that was a very very top heavy conference but there was you know they beat up on the other team the caa you know maybe it was deep enough that the teams kind of played themselves out of a seat. I mean, it looks like that's what happened. It looks like that's what the committee thinks for sure. I, yeah. I don't know that that's correct, but I, I think. No, I, I, yeah. I, a lot of JMU fans would certainly disagree. <laughs> Todd and I would probably agree. I, I think we thought JMU would be seated, but it is what it is. You know, I, I didn't think it's, I don't think it's an outrageous scandal that JMU didn't get seated. No, I think no, it's disappointing. Not outrageous. No, uh-uh. no. Um, and the difference, I mean, they're essentially now like a nine seed if you're looking yeah. at it. Um, the other way, so, uh, but moving on, like, we'll never know how this worked out, but Jackson, Jacksonville State and Kennesaw played an epic overtime yeah, they did. the other night. Um, had that gone the other way, do you think Kennesaw would have been left out of the seating? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, and I guess conversely, would it have elevated either Jacksonville, Jacksonville State, State or, or, or JMU? You know, would it have elevated? Yeah, yeah it, it might have. Boy, there's a million ways to look at it. I mean, it could have <laughs> left them both out because GMU looked better than those two after they shredded each other. Um, if it had been a flip side overtime result, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you knock Kennesaw completely out of the bracket with a, a five overtime loss. I mean, um, you know, if Kennesaw lost by 28, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then, and then you have to make the argument Jackson state needs to be in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that would have thrown it in, a big wrench into the whole mess, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it just, it would have, it's just the trickle down effects for the entire seating procedure, which was, would have been chaos. Yeah, yeah. It 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 was already pretty chaotic, anyways. And you know, with the with the way to look at the seating, and even just the way to look at the bubble, uh, that would have made it even messier. But um, thank goodness that didn't happen. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were kind of wondering of the top seeds. Um, uh-huh. and, it, and this could be a top four seed or a top eight seed. Um, who do you think was most fortunate in their draw? I, I think it's safe to say there's a lot of angry Bison fans out there about their draw. Yeah. Um, you know, given that JMU is or, or Colgate and their 29 points allowed to FCS teams is coming to town. Um, right. Well, you know, is there a or, team? Or Delaware. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Is there a is there a team in the top of the top seeds that you think was really fortunate in the way that their bracket sets up? 
Uh, I would say Weaver. If you're mm-hmm. talking top four, I'd say Weaver. Yeah. Um, I think – I don't think Weaver is as good as they were last year, and they're number two. And right. they avoid NDSU, you know, down the line. Um, Weaver State's pretty good, but if you look at what they've done, they they have a lot of wins that are close against teams you wouldn't think would be close with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, they're going to run into a rematch probably, or at least that's the way the bracket sets up uh, with Eastern Washington. And I don't think they beat them 14-6 to six again like they did right. back in early October when right. Eastern Washington was just coming off the injury to their quarterback. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the overall top eight, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at UC Davis and I'm like, man, that's, that's a – the six seed, wow! You know, yeah. after getting shellacked like that against uh, Eastern Washington, so I'm not saying we shouldn't have three teams in the from the Big Sky. I'm just like, wow, two in the top four and three in the top six, you know, and all of them, um, you know, avoid having to go to Fargo early. That mm-hmm. that's the, I think that's fortunate for them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I guess similar to the Jacksonville State and Kennesaw State game um, having big seeding implications, and it worked out in Kennesaw's favor, we kind of thought that the JMU-Towson game w- was potentially for a seed. Yeah, it's a play-in game. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was a play-in game for, for a top-eight seed. What, what did the committee see in that game, or what didn't they see that the rest of us saw? I don't like what, what's I, keeping them. What's keeping JMU out? From I have no idea. And you know what? I'm, I'm a bad journalist. I haven't followed <laughs> up with the committee. And, and, and part of it's like, I'll tell you guys, one of the things it's so tricky. It's like, I, I, I'm, I, try, I try to be a nice guy, but when you, when you're on Twitter and, and you're, you're given analysis, it's really easy to blast people that you don't have to meet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and, and I don't even know that I would buy half the stuff they say. Right. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand it at all. To me, JMU Towson was a play-in game for a seed. And when we were projecting after week 11, I had Towson as a seed based mm-hmm. on their body of work yeah. through 11 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um. And when James Madison beat them, I had James Madison as a number seven seed based on the 12 weeks uh, compared to everybody else and that, that the swirling FCS nation of, like, what uh, what's going on around them. And neither one of them gets it. I'm not, I'm not saying Towson deserved it after they got right. beaten by James Madison. But, it, it, yeah, I didn't get that. And they also got a more favorable draw coming out of this. I mean, nothing against Duquesne. Yeah, they did. You're right. I, I'd rather play Duquesne than Delaware. Right. No, yeah. Yeah, I really thought Duquesne was coming to Harrisonburg, and um, that's a tough little program. But you know, that's that's a matchup issue, and, and it would have been would have been with Delaware too. Excuse me, the, and it will be with Towson. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, I, I yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't know. It's funny that James Madison got the draw. It did. It certainly can win a couple games, um, mm-hmm. but it is not going to be easy. Right. Uh, with that bracket, and you could tell Coach Houston was pissed Saturday, yeah. or Sunday. No yeah, we're, question. We're excited to see an angry Dukes team, hopefully, that, this weekend. That's so. the interesting thing about it. Like, the the guys that I know that cover the team, you, you know them too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Greg and mm-hmm. Dave, et cetera, they, they said Houston was even more mad 
than he displayed on ESPN, and I thought he was pretty, pretty <laughs> pointed in you know in dealing with coach. Yeah, a couple many times in the last three years. I mean, he's he's a pretty even keeled guy. He's not one of those hotheads, <laughs> but that wasn't hot headed. And I, I look, the entire team was standing right behind him, watching everything he said. And you know, it's going to help. Yeah, um, they should have been a seed. So you, yes, yeah, and and like you guys said a second ago, yes, I can I can see arguments that they weren't, but uh, I can see a lot more argument. A, a lot more arguments for them being in in the and and not playing this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but apparently, yeah, he was so not happy, yeah. not happy at all. It was a, it was a tough thing too because he just he sat there and I believe that they threw it to him right after the committee said the difference was common opponents, and then they asked him about New Hampshire. So, I mean, it, he's in a tough spot where you got to react to that common opponents thing which is a little bit odd it's tricky too with the we all know the injury situation with new hampshire yeah yeah and 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 that's that's a great question you know how do you view injury situations i mean you i mean they were the number two team in the country yeah or three team in the country you know heading into preseason and the other common opponent i think both schools played played william and mary right and jamie blew the doors off william and mary Um, William Mary beat Maine, so it's. I can see Houston kind of was put on the spot a little bit, but he's also good enough. I I think he's playing it up. I think he's using that to his advantage. Well, he That's is a perfect he, motivation. He is, and, and you 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 tell twenty two year olds to get ticked off and you know run through a brick wall and they'll do it. So it, it makes <laughs> yeah. it makes all the sense in the world to be emotional about it. Um, chip on the shoulder is not something that the Dukes have felt in twenty four months, man. I mean. Yeah, you know nobody has disrespected James Madison lately, so it makes sense. <laughs> Pour the yeah. gasoline on that fire, and 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 JMU has not been perfect this year. They've given reason to have some doubts. Okay, you've been doubted. Nobody's giving you the benefit yeah. of the doubt and just sliding you in there like usual. So that's disrespect, and you can boy, you can turn that into something. And um. And the Blue Hens may be starting a second or third string quarterback this weekend. And that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's not that good situation. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Brian, we were wondering, I mean, I think all the JMU fans are pretty familiar. Obviously, we're very familiar with Delaware right. um, this weekend. And we're pretty familiar with NDSU <laughs> from the last mm-hmm. couple years. In, right. And that's kind of JMU's quarter of the bracket. Um, but if JMU could beat Delaware um, – how would you handicap the matchup when JMU goes to Canada to play Colgate in the snow? <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton, New York is not Canada. It's ba- I mean, it's Syracuse. It's close. Yeah, Utica. There, I know. <laughs> it's, it's a ways. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, well, I mean, I would think on paper it looks pretty good. I mean, I, I, you know, again, uh, the way I had it seated was uh, James Madison 7, Colgate 8. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought I was nuts putting Colgate eight, but I even even with the loss at Army, man, I yeah, that's not a bad loss. It's I, hard I, to argue. I mean, they went like two months without giving up a point. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they, yeah, yeah, uh, they, yeah they, no matter who you're playing, that's impressive. Well, the Patriot League was not very good this year, but that's seven of their eleven games, and I, I was impressed. That, you know, they go out and they schedule two CAA teams. One is a traditional power in New Hampshire. You know, William and Mary's a little down, obviously. Uh, they scheduled Cornell and they scheduled Furman mm-hmm. who if they had actually played the game in September, I think they would have won and Furman had caught fire in the end and looked pretty good. 
I yeah. still think Colgate probably would have won that game. Uh, and then Army was a seven-point game with two minutes left. Yeah, yeah, and Army's really good this year. So. Army's as good as they've been in, in a long, long time. So, I mean, how, do, how would I look at that matchup? Um, I, I actually think it'll be a pretty good game. Okay. But yeah. what's interesting is, you know, there's still a lot of guys around from that 2015 game. Sure, there yeah. are. And, um, that, you know, when they played in the playoffs, I mean, James Holland uh, brought this up uh, with Greg Medea earlier. James Holland rushed for what, 170, 180 on JMU as a freshman? Oh, that, yeah, yeah that, that game was ugly. I, 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 if, I don't know if you noticed, but <coughs> JMU's coach at the time is, is no longer coaching. I did know that this I... week. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting setup for JMU, certainly. I mean, the Delaware being a team that. You know, it, I, I mean, Richmond, but outside of Richmond, probably JMU's biggest rival left in the CAA. Yeah. You know, and then potentially Colgate, who's a team that we were all disappointed in that 2015 game. Oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, possibly NDSU, who everybody would love to see part three. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's yeah. A, that, no. there's nothing easy about that stretch. No. It might get <laughs> yeah easier if you yeah. got past Fargo, but. That's not your typical uh, eight-win team out of the CAA path to the quarterfinals, no. you know, by any stretch. No. Um, you usually would get a, a cupcake if you were forced to play in the first round. In most situations, an eight-win team wouldn't be playing the week of Thanksgiving. They'd be eating turkey and, you know, right. yeah. freaking pumpkin pie, not sitting, you know, worrying about Delaware coming to town, which is, you know, a nice prize there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's and not that you're gonna, gonna if they if they get through it, they're gonna earn it for sure. And, and a little bonus JMU Thanksgiving fact this week for the Hero Sports folks. Um the Marching Royal Dukes are playing in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Are they really? On on Thursday they are. Oh uh, they're expected to be on around ten thirty AM on awesome. Thursday. And <laughs> they will have to rush they will be giving up their Thanksgiving break as well to rush back to Harrisonburg and play. Uh, on Saturday at the game. Oh, so yeah, kind of a yeah, a lot. That's a, a, always an additional fan boost there too. That's it. So. That's really cool. We'll we'll be watching that parade. And we'll, yeah, uh, look yeah. for that. Yeah, my kids love that parade. And 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 moving away from JMU's quadrant of the bracket, which we, uh-huh. you know is really the only thing for Duke's fans. It's really the only thing worth focusing on. Sure. But we wanted to ask you a couple questions about the bigger bracket and the bigger picture headed to December. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, you know, let's say the Dukes get through. Let's say they make it through the Fargo portion of this bracket. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, are there? There's a lot of interesting teams on the other quadrant on this side of the top half of the bracket, mm-hmm. right? I think uh, Kennesaw and South Dakota State are the seeds mm-hmm. there, yep. um, but Towson is in that region with with uh, Tom Flacco, uh, right. Wofford, Wofford, and the Triple Option. And, and a really hard-nosed Elon team that has, you know, they got in at six and four. I think the committee gave them the benefit of the doubt for the injuries. Right. But they also seem to have kind of steadied the ship a little bit. Kind of, yeah. I agree. You know, and, and they're just a, they're a tough team. Well coached. Well coached. Really well coached. Signetti's <laughs> really Yeah, saving disciple. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. they're very, no, Elon's tough, man. Yeah. He, Can you gonna be a biatch next year yeah. for people yeah. Yeah. you know yeah yeah can you see any of those three kind of Towson, wofford elon really shaking up that portion and and maybe not even seeing south dakota state or kennesaw make it out of there 
I, it's not what I picked, but right. I did have Elon upsetting, if you want to call it an upset, mm-hmm. Wofford. I, Wofford, SoCon was not no very strong. And um, Wofford had some kind of like head-scratching results. So mm-hmm. I have Elon beating Wofford mm-hmm. and, of course, Towson beating Duquesne. I, mm-hmm. I don't have either one of them knocking off the seeds, but um, could it happen? I'm not seeing it with Elon over Kennesaw, but I maybe a slight chance towels in South Dakota State because South Dakota State, man, I, I don't know, man. Some weeks they just look. They, look, nobody played North Dakota State tougher than South look. Dakota State in in Fargo earlier this year. I mean, that was uh, that was a they they played them really really well, schemed really well, which is what the Valley teams do. They play them every year, right? Um, but there were also games where they gave up 45 points and you're like, what the heck? Right. So like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect with those guys. I mean, I could see them doing anything from beating NDSU in the semifinals to losing in the first round or second round. Right. I mean, I just don't, I, don't, I just don't know. Yeah, um, I, it, you know, the CAA team, CAA was better than the Valley this year. It was more challenging. So I would think any matchup with SDSU is playing a CAA team, you better watch out. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I think, yeah, we, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, I guess. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, obviously, if, if SDSU went out, um, you know, JMU would have at least the opportunity, if, if they handled their own business, to, to, you know, either go to Kennesaw, which would be a very JMU-friendly stadium. We can tell you there's a lot of Atlanta and Charlotte Oh, Duke, yeah, I could The whole that. lot of Atlanta and Charlotte Dukes, um, you know, yeah. or, or – you know, if a million things happen, they could even be at home again at that point. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, Rob, you got. And what, yeah. about, what about the other side of the bracket? Yeah. I think w- with North Dakota State and the teams we were just talking about, and just kind of our general familiarity with you know the Towson and, and Wofford and stuff like that, we're thinking that that's a, it's a much tougher bracket um, or much tougher half. Is that just us? Is that just the perception that we're kind of jaded because we're dialed in, or or is it really a little bit easier? for maybe Eastern Washington and Weber to, to set a site, set their sights on the final four. Yeah, I think it's easier. I, I, and, um, you know, personally, I feel like Maine will make a run to the semis, which I haven't mm-hmm. seen too many people pick that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, Weber state, I'm still, cur- you know, I'm still curious about it. They're, they're good. Eastern Washington has looked absolutely scary the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They, they look, they may have been injured in October when Weber shut them down, but you know that's that's what happened. Ever since then, they've kind of found themselves. So they look kind of they, they look like a yeah. monster in that part. Um, UC Davis. I'm sorry. I you know sorry, <laughs> Coach Hawk. Sorry, Coach. Uh, I had no idea that we would see what we did two weeks ago in that blowout. Right. I had a, no, no way I would have picked UC Davis to get annihilated like that. So, and I told him that last night. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Coach, the reason I got to losing to him is because you lost to him. Right. Because I know I'm just pulling your leg. I'm like, well, okay, Coach. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it, he's funny. I mean, how many coaches would interact with you about your picks, right? Right. right, yeah, right, that is, right. He's one of them because he's been in the media, so he plays that game, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a hoot. That's funny. So, Brian, um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think picking that side of the bracket, I, we should say – it was hard. I mean, we're really, really biased, and 
as we look at the bracket and try to pick a bracket ourselves, it's hard not to pick JMU. Um, yeah. But on the other side, I didn't see any way to pick anyone but Eastern Washington or Weber to come out of there. And, you know, Eastern Washington looks like they, they really look like the favorite on that side of the bracket. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So with that being said, who do you have? in Frisco and, and we're not putting you on the spot or asking no, no, I, off we, released, we released yeah. our brackets the yeah. minute we could, because we knew we would be asked. And, and, and that, that's, you know, that's part of the discussion. Um, no, I got Eastern Washington. I, I think Eastern Washington will play Maine. And because mm-hmm. I think Maine's going to upset Weber state. Yes. Right. In Utah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Maine is going to have to go to Utah one week and Cheney Washington the next, uh, and Eastern Washington, I think wins that game. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I It'll be interesting uh, to see if this matchup happens to see an NDSU Eastern Washington championship game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it looks real good, um, but uh, who knows? I mean, you know, one thing about, by the way, about NDSU, and people kind of forget this, is that Youngstown gave them a hell of a game this year. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Illinois State kind of did too, and neither one of those teams are still around. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, the invincible word comes up a lot with NDSU, and yet South Dakota State gave them a hell of a game for a while. But that's the thing. Those three teams play NDSU every year, pretty much. They have a lot, a little bit of scheduled rotation in the, in the mm-hmm. Valley, but pretty much everybody plays. And um, and then JMU's played them two years in a row. <laughs> I was going to say, there's one other and team that – There's a familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, another thing, Eastern Washington has – you know, they played NDSU last year. They played them early and got annihilated. But mm-hmm. it, there is a familiarity there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Eastern Washington shouldn't be like, you know, walk in and, and be scared to death, I wouldn't think. Um, and they are definitely a more physical EWU team than they've been, you know, when they had Cooper Cup and, you know, right. all that. So that, that was more of a outscore you and finesse you team. Um, Coach Best is different with that approach. So they're a little more hard-nosed, which could be interesting. They'd also be avoiding the Dome, which makes a big difference. Right. Well, there's that too. And, you know, they got – I mean, Frisco, it'll be a North Dakota State crowd if it gets to that, but it's still – Still better not having a roof on the plane. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. That that that's a good point. And you know, I know Eastern Washington would probably only have about twenty, twenty five percent of the fans there, but uh but you're right. You're not gonna have twenty five percent of them at the Fargo Dome. So uh um, yeah. That I guess you know, that's kinda how it looks to me. I I dude, anything can happen. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Jeez. I well, mean, spe- speaking of travel, it's not off the table that JMU goes to Fargo and Brookings in back-to-back weeks. I know. Wouldn't that be nuts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about being able to play the disrespect card. I think Houston would have them fired up for that. Oh, yeah. Back-to-back, oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think James Madison can play ball with, gosh, pretty much anybody in this bracket. It's just kind of, you know, they can also drop to a bunch sure. of them. It's not like last year the, even the year before, um, but they can they can play ball because they play defense, and that's you know mm-hmm. in general that's you know I was crunching numbers on special teams. I know that seems like kind of a offshoot oh. topic, but uh, last year we we do this every year before yep. uh, the the bracket starts. We we take a look at little things because the nitty gritties end up mattering. You know, special teams nitty gritty and. Uh, and I'm looking at Weber State last year at exactly this day. 
uh, yep. this Monday, Weber State was the most dominant special teams unit in the entire playoff structure by, I mean, it wasn't even close, and they ended up making, you know, they ended up being pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you told us that this day last year. With the intangible. You, you warned yeah. us about the Weber game. Yeah. And, that's you know, JMU had to survive in miraculous fashion. In that miracle game. finish. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, James Madison, I'm, I'm already crunching the numbers on this. James oh, Madison's gonna... pretty darn good on specialty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's been a big differentiator for the Dukes the last yeah. two years. Has, so what do you do? Because been... that's a big play thing. You know, that's an explosive play thing. If you don't pay attention to this facet of the game, when you get in the playoffs, it will bite you in the rear end. And then on top of that, James Madison plays good defense. So mm-hmm. those are the teams that always end up doing better than the high-flying circus acts, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and from a yeah. fan perspective, I mean, JMU has played its two best games of the season the last two weeks. Yeah, and I'm not, and, I'm not surprised by that at all. Right, and, and yeah. you know the depth that JMU has in certain positions and getting guys like Charles Tutt and Curtis Oliver and David Eldridge right. back healthy has really changed – the, the approach the last two weeks. Yeah, and, I'm not surprised. I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing. That team getting challenged uh, is a good thing, I think. You know? <laughs> yeah. it, it, as it, young it, as they are right now, I think it's a really good thing. And yeah. it's really, oh, don't even start talking about 2019 because <laughs> well, you know yes. what's going to happen. I mean, we, we <laughs> all know. This is the precursor. It, it really <laughs> is. I think this is going to be the experience situation for the you know, the younger guys, and, and we've all seen the recruiting. We all follow re- uh, recruiting right. and, and uh, the writing's and on re- the wall on that. And they get, Rash- yeah. and they get Rashad back next and year. And they get Rashad back next year. <laughs> right. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. It just replaced Jimmy with Rashad. So, yeah. 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 That'll be a tough go for people. <laughs> yeah. They'll both be making a lot of money in a couple years. So. Yeah. But the CAA, yep. I mean, you're right. Elon, Stony Brook, there's a bunch of teams that have really stepped up their game. Yeah, and Elon's yeah, no. got a lot coming back, man. That, yep. That'll be really interesting. You know, look, Delaware's going to Delaware's going to figure it out under Rocco. Yeah, you know it's it's mm-hmm. you know this <laughs> year was a little weird. Last year they should have made the playoffs. This year was a little up and down, but eventually, yeah, a quarterback's going to show up at Delaware, and it's he's going to be really good. And when that happens yeah. with that defense, it's going to that and that'll be that'll be great for that league. You know, the, mm-hmm. have the powers. I think it's great for the FCS to have the Delawares, the Montanas, the Montana States be good again. You know, sure, it's important. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Imagine if Tom Flacco had gone to Delaware, uh, and yeah, it kind of makes you wonder why didn't that happen? <laughs> right, right. But, so yeah. Well, Rob, you got anything else? No, just thanks again, Brian. Really appreciate you coming on, and really appreciate the coverage that you, Sam, and, and Chase have been putting out uh, week in and week out all season. It's really a treat as an FCS fan to have such reliably good work all the time it's it's a lot of fun and it's um you know the coolest thing about this level is the uh the open door policy uh you know you know last last week uh i hit up ndsu and i said can i get climbing one-on-one and yeah no problem can you imagine if i made that phone call to alabama right right they'd laugh at me if they even picked up the phone you know so uh, it, it, dude, it's, it, it's so fun to cover this level because institutions like James Madison, all the way to top, Jeff Bourne, all the way down, you know, are, are on board with working with us. You know, Coach Houston is yeah, amazing to work with. I, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap with this quick mm-hmm. story. Okay. When we were in Frisco the first year, the championship year, mm-hmm. um, Bo Pelini walks in with – 
you know, I mean, he's got two defensive ends who get drafted, Avery Moss and uh, oh yeah, oh uh, what Rivers and mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's got all these kids in there, and and we're trying to get things knocked out, and we're supposed to have half an hour with them, and he trimmed it to twenty minutes, um, and walked them out. Said, ah, we got to go practice. Well, that that's that's a power five type coach. Mike Houston comes in and does one-on-ones with anybody who wants to do it. Uh, he let his freshman talk to me, which he did. He doesn't usually let freshmen talk. Mm-hmm. You know, that was when I talked to John Daca and a couple of the other guys that were contributing, <laughs> uh, who had a covered in recruiting. And he let that thing go an hour when it was only supposed to be 30. And his, his um, you know, his philosophy is, look, these kids, this is a cool experience for these kids. It's, it's not the Super Bowl meeting. It, it, there's a little bit of that in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he's not, you know, he knows that media attention's a good thing, you know, a national platform's a good thing. And he, he just, even though he's a, he's not a used car salesman head coach, he gets it. And um, so that makes this fun to cover and it, it makes it more, it makes it easier to be colorful and, and have some stories about it is that the doors are open. So, uh, and that's why I, that's why I really enjoy it. So, uh, love it. So there you go. Great to hear. Yeah. And Brian, if if um, if JMU were to somehow navigate the road on the top half of the bracket, we will be looking forward to talking to you around yeah Christmas time again. Absolutely. Let's you do know. It. And otherwise, Absolutely. we will catch up with you in the off season. I'm sure. I hope that it will be my third straight year seeing you in Frisco, but. I'm, I'm not yeah. <laughs> not not putting not betting the farm on that just yet. So you never yeah. you never know, but yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. We'll pass so. out some more Hero Sports hats. So yeah, we got a bunch of those too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah, Brian, thank you so much, and uh, you know, have fun covering the rest of the way, and uh, no matter what happens, have a great trip to Frisco. And, yeah. And also, you know, if by any chance JMU ends up at Kennesaw, I- I'm sure we will see you there. We, we shall see. We've discussed such things, but we'll, we'll see. I, I yeah. think you're, what, you're in Florida somewhere, right? I am. I'm in Tampa, and, and yeah. straight shot flights to Atlanta are cheap. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something to think about for sure. All right. So, thanks again, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck with the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, thanks, Todd, Rob. Appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you down the line. Thanks so much, thanks, Brian. Brian. All right. Welcome back to the JMUSB podcast. Rob, good to talk to you again. Thought that was really this, cool. Yeah. That, that was great. Just we're taking full advantage of this technology, recording everything in segments. We're so fancy. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this all comes together. <laughs> <I know. laughs> now it's like we posted at three o'clock in the morning. Awkward segues. Yeah. Well, at least we all got hooked into the call roughly the same time. Sometimes we've been like, oh, just hold on for 40 seconds. Well, I, like, I just, I Googled it. We can trim it. Okay. It's added right. feature, so maybe All people right. won't even know what we're talking about. No, no. But in any case, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we were again big thanks to Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports. Uh, can't can't thank him enough. It's it's such a pleasure to talk to him. Oh, he's, he's the best. Just, he's the best, the best, and he's just so knowledgeable about so many things in the FCS, and a lot of fun. Um, but we don't want to overlook this past weekend's game. It feels like the last few years, every year, the final game of the season for. A variety of reasons the final game of the regular season gets overlooked as a performance as something that's on film right as something we all watched and enjoyed and i will say i enjoyed this weekend's game as much as any game this year i think for jmu how about you rob 
Yeah, that was – if we're going to do four yeah. downs, that was going to be my first down. Yeah, like, go ahead. This was the most entertaining JMU football game in, in weeks, definitely, if not all season. I mean, you can argue it's one of the most entertaining regular season games we've seen in a while. Context, you know, dependent here. Um, I thought it was a play-in game for a seed. It obviously was not, but it had that mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, Saturday, we didn't know what was going to happen Sunday, but it certainly felt like a playoff game. Yeah. And Jamie rose to the occasion. I just I thought they had tons of energy, tons of spirit. Like a, you know, the swagger of Danucci. It was like, like the anti Wizards. Like it was a fun <laughs> team to watch. Yes. The, the guys seemed to enjoy playing the game and, and having fun out there. Um, it just it started off or just like this punch counter punch. I thought it had the makings of like, oh man, hold on, this is gonna be like a forty two thirty five type. Yeah, that's thing. what I thought um, going into the game that it might be. And yeah, I, I was I was really worried going into this game. Mm-hmm. Really worried. Not down on JMU, mm-hmm. but just more up on Towson. I thought Towson was going to come out ready to play, and they did. But JMU made some adjustments. You know, after the first quarter, it was a totally different defense. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, you were putting up with my angry <laughs> text, being like, "Here we go again." Yeah, you know, they put they play a good quarterback and falls apart. And I think they gave up like 200 yards of offense in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean. They let Towson kind of move up and down the field. It wasn't one of these things where it was, you know, complete domination, three and nine every time. But the defense just kept making play after play to get off the field mm-hmm. for the second and third quarter. And then by the time Towson put together that garbage drive in the end, I mean, the, the game was over. It was just – it was a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. It looked like they were having a blast playing. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it. I mean, I, I was pleased with all, all three phases. Special teams I thought were terrific. Um, miss kick aside, you mm-hmm. know, coming back and make one. I thought O'Kelly made some really nice. He points. did. Yeah, he was um, locked. The offense. I mean, that, that's the best we've seen the offense mm-hmm. all all season. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Fair probably. Enough. Yeah. I, I mean, there are a couple drives against NC State, and then we had a couple kind of steamroll drives against lesser opponents. Right. But in terms of you know the entire, relatively speaking, with with the type of game it was. Mm-hmm. I thought it was clearly the best performance that we've seen from JMU. Yeah, and in the fourth phase, JMU Nation, heck of a turnout at Towson, as expected. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, really, really good, good all the way around. Yeah, I thought on offense especially, uh, you know, we'll get to more of this, but it was the first game this year where I felt like most plays, I mean, barring penalties or just, you know, there were a few sloppy plays here and there, but I felt like JMU could run what they wanted to. Like they were getting, I felt like they were dictating. Yes. That's what I, that's, that's a better way of saying it. Right. That, that, yeah, that I was not, you know, I didn't know exactly what they were going to run every play, but I, but I also was surprised and I felt like they had the playbook really open to them this week. Uh, It's also interesting too, because I think a lot of us, certainly you and I kind of fell into this idea in the middle of the season when things are kind of dipping of like, Hey, this team just needs to sit back and, and give what the, Take what the defense gives them, mm-hmm. and they did anything but that. You know, it, it no. proves how little we all know. Yeah, I spent I spent you know, the <laughs> beginning of the season being like, "Oh, it's this new attack. It's great." Then, but but we need this nooch guy to, to hold on to the ball. He can't be so quick to run. <laughs> and I was wrong about that. Right. And then we were very much like, "Oh, just sit back and play mistake-free football. You don't need to be too aggressive. Just take what." Well, no, that no. that didn't work either. Right. And it was like it finally came together, and it was like Houston, the coaches, and all the players. We're like, we're just going to do what we want. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of, you know, inflict our will on an opponent. Mm-hmm. It was kind of disappointing it took until the last game of the season. But, you know, better late than never. Yeah, well, my second down on that note is, with the exception of maybe two drives in the third quarter, 
uh, the JMU running game showed up in a way that we haven't seen in a while from this team. I mean, you could argue going back to 2016 on certain, you know, in, in some ways. I mean, they had three guys go over 100 yards this weekend. And playing against a team like Towson with a really, really capable and dangerous passing game, I mean, what better way to win the game than just beat them down and <laughs> just run up and down the field? I mean, Carden Johnson, that was the Carden Johnson run that we remember from Khalid Abdullah and Carden Johnson two years ago. The, the so first that touchdown. That like East Carolina game. Yeah, just parting of the seas, and he, you're not going to catch that guy. I thought it was actually funny, Kurt Dudley on the broadcast, you know, the, there was one long card and run in the second half where <laughs> I think Kurt thought he was gone. And, you know, the guy had the angle. It wasn't like he got caught. But, it, you know, that was, those were the kind of holes that were there for JMU. Uh, Trey Sharp, you know, a lot of big runs and some real powerful runs. I mean, runs that got me off the couch, you know, mm-hmm. for Trey Sharp. And then, obviously, Danucci punching in a couple scores and going over 100 himself there late in the game. You know, JMU, they're not going to lose games where they put three guys over 100 yards rushing. That, that, I don't care who they're playing. No, but that, that was the first time it was. JMU's had a single guy go over 100 yards. All rushing. season. That's what I mean. I mean, that, that's, I that mean, it's, shows it's, you what, kind, what, what a difference this week was and, and where they might, where they at least feel they are right now, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was fun. And the other thing that you don't usually think about in the running game, uh-huh. but I thought the receivers were outstanding. I mean, Stapleton oh, really oh. made some outstanding blocks. I thought uh, she was just pointing and rounded yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, Brown. Yeah, it was it was really really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like they just, it, I don't know. I see Ezra Archie have a catch this week too. Yeah, like, he did. There were, he did. Yeah, guys up and down the roster and was, this week. They end up. Yeah, I think that moved the chains, and then they end up punting like a couple downs later. But that was great to see. Mm-hmm. I think that was a second catch this year. But that's a guy that battled back from another injury. Mm-hmm. And looks like he's ready to contribute. Yeah, Eldridge was good. Um, I thought Raymond Gillespie at left tackle, who's probably not was not you know JMU's first choice, maybe not their second choice this year, mm-hmm. and they've you know struggled a little bit on the left side of the line this year. Um, but I mean, to the point where he was trucking guys in a way that made even the you know somewhat ignorant CAA announcers notice what was going on on the field. Uh, yeah, I thought Fornado had a couple of really good Yeah, he did. Well. He did. There was one where they showed a replay, and I think it was the Towson guy that actually got hurt, and I was so concerned that it was Fornado, but yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, so from a running game standpoint, it, you know, if we see 80% of that this weekend and going forward in the playoffs, JMU is going to be in a really, really good shape. So what about you for third down, Rob? I guess I just want to, like, point out a couple guys on defense. I thought Holloway mm-hmm. was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he and Landon Ward yeah. really were just yeah. absolutely kind of end-to-end mm-hmm. making plays all over the field. I think between the two of them, they had over, what, like 20, mm-hmm. 25 tackles. Um, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think it, it literally was that much. Daka, man, when yeah. he gets going, oh. he's a real beast. And uh, Rondell Carter, oh, yeah. who, who has shown some real flashes this year, but appears to really be coming into his own these last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Jimmy with the big the fumble recovery. Right. Of course, it's Jimmy. And a couple of big pass breakups. So, uh, again, like, it's, it was impressive. I was really, really concerned after the first quarter, particularly when Flacco broke off that big run. Mm-hmm. I was like, here we go again. This is a, a team that just gives up big plays, and then, you know, they let it get to them, and they fall apart. Well, instead of letting it get to them, like they have at other games, they just adjusted, and they really – 
played about as well as they could have for those last three quarters against a guy who was maybe the best quarterback, uh, FCS quarterback that they faced this year. Yeah, maybe the best quarterback they faced this year, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was an impressive effort to kind of because a lot of that is coaching, but a lot of that must just been the players just getting back to basics, not hanging their heads mm-hmm. and not letting the, you know, that big kind of what could have been a real crushing 50, 60 yard run that led to a touchdown drive, mm-hmm. um, just kind of got their head back on straight. So it was cool. It was nice. You know, normally you expect Trot to make halftime adjustments or the other coaches, but it was more like the players just calming down and being like, hey, we got this. Yeah. And they, they put it down. Yeah, I think on that point, I mean, you DACA is right. I mean, if you get another team in a position where they have to throw the ball, he is a oh, load. Just, yeah. <laughs> right? Just because the quickness from him, it's – I mean, he, he's impossible to stop at that point. And that's kind of what happened to Towson in the second half. Um, and, and while you're mentioning players, you know, we talked about this a little bit with Brian, but you could really see the difference having Tut and Oliver looking – I mean, they looked spry. This, they looked healthy this yeah. weekend, you know. And Tut in particular. Yeah, Tut in particular was uh, just around the football, around the game, you know, didn't appear to be favoring anything or thinking twice about things. Um, that makes a huge, huge difference for this team. Uh, you know, they've played a lot of young guys who have done well. And then, you know, going on from that, I mean, my fourth down, just echo, you know, sort of building on what you're saying, Rob, was the coaching adjustments, particularly on the defensive side of the ball in this game, were outstanding. Um, you could see it even early on. There were a few plays that JMU, the way the defenders were talking before the play, it looked like they had a very good sense of what they wanted to do out there. You know, they had two breakdowns, right? Flacco had the long run early on that I think you probably have to chalk. I mean, there's some – I'm sure the coaches can look at the film and blame certain things that happen on the field, but you also have to chalk that up to a really good player making a good play. Yeah. And then they had the clear glaring breakdown in coverage on the long – you know, the long run where Jimmy and D'Angelo Amos were kind of barking at each other mm-hmm. about what had happened there. Um, and I don't know if Towson schemed that well or what happened there. But after that, Jamie just locked in. I mean, there was a couple play that play where uh, there were a couple plays in the second half where Towson tried to throw passes and Adam Smith didn't even have to move his feet and just drill the guy. Yep. Like he was right. He knew what was coming, <laughs> you know, and that that was really, really impressive. I mean, that running back Simpson, I think the first play of the game had the swing pass that went for 20 yards. He didn't do anything after that nope. in, in any phase of the offensive game for Towson. So just all around superb performance from JMU. You know, they missed the field goal. That was really frustrating. Uh, the CA refs were epic this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> the one that was the fumble, non-fumble, incomplete. In like, if that's incomplete, it should be intentional grounding, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't did, it make it, like, did it make it back to the line? No, not I, even I close. Know. Like, it was like I a one tell yard the line pass. Was. Right. I, I don't know what to say. But there was a receiver kind yeah. of in the area, but does it even matter? But the doesn't late make it the line of scrimmage? Call on, was it Holloway? I, I mean, I don't even know what to do. Right. You grab a guy two yards in bounds and the momentum carries both of you out. He wasn't trying to, like, violently throw him or anything. I mean, it was just. Thankfully, JMU won the game by a lot of points, and we didn't have to struggle with it. But really, really impressive performance from our friend at Average CAA Ref on Twitter. So, yeah, um, good stuff all around there. Rob, we got to do two concerns. We are going to the playoffs. We are 
as bitter as any JMU fan that that we have to play on Thanksgiving this weekend. Um, well, I don't know about that. I don't know there's about some, that. There's some really salty people out yeah, there. Yeah, and, and I'm guessing some of those salty people, lest all of us fans forget, and I think we should just bring this up now. A, it's Thanksgiving weekend. People have commitments. Um, this is not a time to measure your rooting stick uh, for JMU. You can root from wherever you are. And B, uh, you know, where, what, however pissed you are about playing this weekend, trust me, there are parents of marching Royal Dukes who are much more pissed than you are yeah. about this weekend. Um, so anyways, um, I mean, what, do, do you think, I, I think it's unfortunate. I think Jamie should have been seated, but I'm not in full outrage mode. Are you like, I, I'm not either. I'm more, I, I have to say I'm a little more, you know, I'm not afraid of Delaware because I think Jamie is angry right now. I think Jamie is playing great football. I think it's possible. Delaware is going to be playing their second or third string quarterback this weekend. So I'm not going to lose my, I'm, I'm, but I think like you, Rob, I'm, I'm probably more pissed off about JMU playing Delaware while Towson gets Duquesne than so I am about the seed. It's not just regionalization. It though. is. And they came I mean, out with just... that bullet point that said like, you won't be paired with a team from your conference in the first round, unless you didn't play them in the, play in the season. Yeah. And there's a little bit of weirdness there because Maine got in and JMU didn't play them, but they got the seed because they won the outright conference. I mean, I'll say this, the, the last three seeds, if you look at them, the sixth seed was UC Davis. That was probably the biggest surprise to me um, because I didn't, I was surprised that the committee rewarded the big sky with three Such bids and three league. seeds. Yeah. yeah. When this is a conference that has teams in it like Sacramento state and Portland state who are just terrible. And yeah. you cannot convince me that William and Mary or Richmond wouldn't crush those teams, you know, the bottom part of our conference. Um, the seven it feels so good to refer to Richmond as the bottom part of our conference. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, you know, the seven seed was Maine. JMU did not play them this year, and obviously that might have changed things. But I think you have to – I'm not going to complain about that. Maine went seven and one and won an outright CAA title in a year when six teams made the bracket. I, I think they absolutely are deserving of a seed. I, I don't think there's any – that didn't surprise me at all. No, I, I guess it's, 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 it's the – Jamie, you should be in addition to them. I got no gripe with Maine either. You win, Correct. you win the deepest conference. Yeah, you better get a somebody's got to get in, and somebody's got to get. In. They went I, seven and one, and Jamie went six and two. That's the way it is. They, but, neither... but truth be told, I, I I'm not I that mad of... about the seed. No, no I, I, and I, I Colgate. Kinda... I mean, I'm mad. You know, they didn't play Furman. That was a game that was canceled by Hurricane Florence. Yeah, so we didn't see them, and then therefore they did not beat a team in the regular season who finished with a winning record. Now, one of the teams they did beat was New Hampshire early in the season. So that's a team that finished with a losing record, but I don't think we, any of us would say is a bad team, given that they pretty much beat the hell out of JMU. Yeah. Right. Um, and then they played a really tight game with a really good, and I know people get mad about this, but it is a, this is a very good version of Army football this year. And that's who they lost to this weekend, which is not anything against them. Um, no, and it's and it's tough to get up for a game that really an FCS game that really doesn't matter at this stage. They know they're heading to the playoffs. Right. That's a weird weekend to play a quote unquote big game. Yeah, it is. You know? And I so yeah, I don't I don't I, I think that the fact that Towson got Duquesne, who comes from the non scholarship Pioneer League or what or the NEC or whatever NEC, the NEC uh, um and, and JMU got Delaware is super frustrating as a fan. 
I'm excited to go play the hens. Like, yeah. I th- I, I'm actually more confident, I think, with JMU playing the the word disrespected card. Yeah. I, I think I think that's probably good for this team. As mm-hmm. as Brian mentioned, this is the first time JMU can even claim anybody's doubting them in months. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their chances more, like, focused and dialed in than if they maybe gotten, like, the seven. If they got the eight seed, big deal. So, so you go to Colgate versus maybe – Hosting Colgate, I still am of the belief that it's kind of a fraudulent title if you don't go through NDSU. Yeah, they're going through NDSU either way. Somebody's going through NDSU. I mean, it's like, and you know, it's NDSU is the rightful champion, the dynasty, and everything. I do think it's a it's a little bit unfair that they have yet to ever play a road game in the playoffs. Yeah, I yeah. think that's underestimated. As great as they've been, I, I do think the dome has carried them to several big wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does stink, but I mean, Jamie kind of did it to themselves. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. People are going to come after me, but you, you beat New Hampshire. This isn't even a question. Yeah. Or you don't have that costly fumble against Elon. Yep. This isn't, you get forgiven for New Hampshire. I um, think so too. So it's, it's tough, and I'm disappointed. They should have been seated, but I don't think this is the scandal of the century that some people think it is. No, and I, I think you brought up a good point too about how confident you feel about JMU and this younger version of the Dukes compared to the last two years going into a first round matchup. Um, When you look at the last, so if this is the fifth year of this cycle, it's fine. Delaware, this Delaware team is a better team in my mind than either the 15 Colgate team or the 16 Liberty team that JMU lost to at home in the first round. But I feel more confident about JMU going into this weekend than I did about either of those games. And I know a huge part of that is the coaching differences. But it's also just the way this shakes out and the way the Dukes are playing right now. Um, and I think fans, yeah, certainly when people listen to our interview, Brian, I think you'll hear us at times maybe looking past this Delaware team as fans. I don't get the impression that Houston, any of the assistants or any of the players are even thinking about Colgate right now. I think they are dialed in. I think they are – yeah, that's Huge for us. Chip we're, on the shoulder. Yeah, we're fans. That's for us. To yeah, do. yeah. We'll and, we'll look ahead to Kennesaw. Yeah. Yeah. But did you feel that way? I mean, not not to kick a man while he's down, but Everett Withers teams, I didn't always think they were playing it one game at a time. I'll say I, it I this wasn't way. First. I do not even remember the bracket. I don't remember who the potential next matchup was from fifteen or sixteen. No, right? well, it, it was a different time. Like we were just at that stage, it was like happy to be in the playoffs. Yes, we were. Um, but I didn't. I I, I certainly was not shocked that JMU lost either one of those. No, games. I, I was, I, I will say this. I will Correct. be considerably more disappointed this year if they lose to Delaware than I was in either of those years. And that's not to say I wasn't disappointed then, but I just, I, I feel, I mean, I, I was going to say, Rob, my, my thing for the, my concern was not a damn thing. Like, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, am I concerned that the Dukes have to play an additional game? Yes. Am I concerned that their 8-9 game is at Colgate instead of at JMU? Yes. But as far as the way the team is playing right now and the way they are trending, I, I don't know that there's anything in particular. And I, I, I think I was worried when I watched the selection show yesterday. I don't know how you felt. When I watched the show yesterday, my big letdown was not just that they weren't a seed, but was also like, oh, crap, the team and the coach definitely thought they were going to be a seed. Are they going to be able to sort of refocus in order to play a game this week on Thanksgiving? 
right? When the kids yeah. probably thought like, oh, they're going to get a day to like have turkey and hang out, you know? And, and now well, they're well, playing. That, and that clearly that, by this morning, reading Medea's articles this morning, that was like a not, I was, all my concerns were wiped away by the way the team, you know, hearing what the players and the coaches had to say, they're ready to go play. You know? Well, talk about, talk about a splash of cold water. Yeah. Right? You know, you're on Houston going on national TV and people are complaining like, oh, I, I didn't think he showed enough respect for opponents. I don't care. Screw the opponents. I, I, yeah. well, I don't think he was disrespectful. No. I think they put him on the spot. He listened to them say it came down to the New Hampshire game. It's hard. Do you ask him, hey, what do you think about that? Well, he told him what he thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, well, it's a different thing. You know, different, different team. We put different, But it was like, boom. They, they were locked in and focused. And I also think, I mean, he's a coach. He knows how to motivate these guys. <laughs> and he did it on but national he, TV he in did the it on moment. national TV that. right there. That, that was pure. A lot of the reason guys, I think, are motivated by him is because he's authentic. Yes. He's not BSing. But he also knows what to say, how to say it. He knows his players are listening. And you know, like, he's answering those questions, but his mind was churning. And as soon as those cameras were off, supposedly it got a lot more heated. Right. And he was like, let's go, guys. So I, I'm much more confident with this situation than maybe seeing the team that it started to look like they got a little yeah, caught a little up in their own hypes. Yeah, I think so, too. Ago, I mean, and Coach said that. Coach is like, well, I've been telling them they got to come ready to play. You know, it's – so I think this is good. I think they've been smacked. I think they've thought that they did what it took on Saturday to play themselves in. And now it's like they've got even more to prove. So I'm with you in terms of like, I really had to think long and hard. No disrespect to to Delaware, Delaware. but I had to think long and hard about something that really concerned me about right. this week. I think it is kind of a lot of this is within JMU's control. Mm-hmm. I think if JMU plays the way it can, mm-hmm. it's not going to be much of a game. Mm-hmm. Um but what I did come up with, and this might just be me stretching, but this is a weird matchup of like Jamie saying they're disrespected, right. and Rocco and Delaware would be like nobody's nobody gives us a shot. Like it's all time great matchup of uh, coaching motivational cliches. Yeah. But I do think Delaware's in a position, particularly if they're not playing Kehoe as their starting yeah. quarterback, yeah. where they can just throw everything in the kitchen sink right at JMU. and and because JMU has at times been very susceptible to give up big plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm Rocco, I leave it all on the field. Nobody thinks this team's going far. No, and I can um, tell you who most of all doesn't think this team's going far is the people over on GoHens.net. So yeah. I did well, cruise over there today for a second just to check out, and they were like, well, at least we get an extra week of practice to but, get work towards next year. Yeah. But if that's an opportunity to just throw caution oh, it is. and say, what are flea flakers and yep. fake punts and mm-hmm. – that's scary. I mentioned how I was really proud of JMU for bouncing back after giving up a couple of big plays. Mm-hmm. It's a little different in the playoffs. It I mean, is. It's, you know, so I, I think that kind of Delaware has absolutely nothing to lose in this game. Mm-hmm. And Rocco's not a guy who's going to go down without taking a shot. So that, that, that's my concern that they just, they connect and they couple crazy things. Thinking back to the game, we always talk about when, when Mickey just said, screw it. I don't care what this looks like. I'm going to go wild, wildcat all day, Daquan Scott. Right. Um, not going to, Delaware's going to need to do something like that, but that could, that could be really dangerous. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I, I, that's definitely a – I mean, it's, it's always – I mean, it's a one-game season, right? Any, any bounce of the ball, any bad call can change these games, and we all know that, and there's no – you, you, you don't get forgiven for it. Yeah, and, like, the home field is somewhat neutralized, first of all, because I think a lot of JMU fans – did not make plans to attend this week. Right, right. And it's going to hurt. 
but also it's Delaware. Delaware's played at Bridgeport. They're not going to be intimidated. It's not like you're getting a Duquesne who's going to come in and be like, holy crap, you know, the, the right. playing and doing new environment. No. So um, I'm very confident, though. I'm more confident heading into Saturday than I was heading into the Towson game. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. I just watching them play against Rhode Island and Towson the last couple of weeks is what gives us confidence that maybe this is the team we're going to continue seeing. And who knows where that takes them. But if that's the team that shows up, I will be excited to watch, you know, to, to watch all four quarters. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll be hanging on by a thread all four quarters no matter what. But that, that's definitely the way we're looking forward to it. So I, I guess that about takes us to the end, Rob. Um, it's really good. Good to have Brian again. Um, I think we're going to do one overtime thing tonight. I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot with this, Rob. But I was just thinking about one song that needs to be on sort of your Thanksgiving travel playlist right now. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a new song. It can be anything you want. But I was just thinking for, the, for our fans who are parents out there and who are about to have to do a two-hour two drive that becomes a four-hour drive for Thanksgiving traffic, uh, people who are going to the game, who have to endure you know, 16 or 17 plays of Baby Shark for, their ki- <laughs> for the kids in the backseat. Um, if, if you need a palate cleanser, do you have any thoughts on what, what a good song for people to listen oh, to geez. right now? I, I was fortunate. My kids weren't that into the kiddie music. They okay. got a little in the wiggles, but Sam was really into the Hold Steady and Vampire Weekend. Yeah, was like your kid was awesome. Scream. Right. I, 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 <laughs> now, now, now he couldn't care less, but he'd just scream like, Hold Steady. <laughs> but for all the parents who are enduring children's K-pop right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, have you heard, um, do you listen to Phosphorescence? Yes. Oh, so I, I like good. that. How's new the, is the new, new album? Yeah, say la vie. Oh no, it's, um, I haven't yeah. heard it, but I'm really yeah, excited because I love good. those two it's songs good. from the old one. Yeah, we're, we're listening over the weekend, but I love that song, "New Birth in New England." Just a really catchy, kind of fun song. Um, good pick me up, I would think, if you're kind of stuck in traffic or kind of need need a little bit of your spirits lifted after maybe a long day or maybe too much family time. Right. It's a good, good kind of indie pop song. That's awesome. So mine is actually a guy that, um, for anybody out there who's maybe a Chris Stapleton fan, is uh, John, a guy named John Moreland. Is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Got to see him in a tiny place here in Greensboro after seeing him open for a uh, headline for Deer Tick a couple months ago. Um, oh, nice. But the, he is just a – he's incredible. Um, anything by John Moreland is great. I, I tend towards the more melancholic. There's a song called No Glory and Regret. There's another one called 3.59 AM from the previous album, But They Will Not Cleanse Your Palate. Uh, the one I was thinking of is Slow Down Easy which I think a lot of us will need to do a little bit on Sunday, regardless of football or Turkey or children or extended family. So yeah. Slow down easy by John Moreland is my, my song for the night. Awesome. I'll check that out. Cool. So Rob, with that, I think we are through another edition of the Jamie sports blog podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, We we've been, just delighted to have everybody with us again through the season. Hope you'll stick with us no matter how long the playoffs go. Hopefully it's a long run here, but regardless, we will be here into the off season uh, whenever that comes. And we'll certainly looking forward to the soccer team this weekend, maybe giving us a whole nother week of JMU action on that front. Uh, as always go by pale fire. Thanks to pale fire. And, and, but look at, take a look at our shirts. Your your friends and family will love them for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas so, presents. Yeah, I mean, stuffers. this will help us keep going and uh, keep doing this, and hopefully provide some more cool stuff next year. 
Uh, but the shirts are back available. So if you've seen them around, we do think they're really cool. They're designed by our friend Ben Markowitz. Thanks, Ben. And we just can't thank him enough. So go out and get the shirts. We will. The link will be on the blog with the recording of the pod. And we'll put it out on Facebook and Twitter as much as we can over the next two weeks. They are available until two podcasts from now. So essentially for two weeks um, until the week before the North Dakota State game, let's hope. And with that, Rob, I will hopefully be talking playoffs and a trip to Hamilton, New York with you next Monday night. Yeah, it should be a good game. Really looking forward to it this weekend. Yep. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yep. Go Dukes.